Thank you. That was nice. Um, so we've been talking a lot about praise recently, and this morning's talk is going to be praise in the hard times. Yeah, it's that one. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to be looking at Psalm 139 and 23, which we'll get to in a bit. But um, one thing we want to talk on this morning is um, how easy it is to praise God in the good times when we're flying through everything and it's really really easy when everything's just going perfect we all have those seasons where we're just flying through and everything's going brilliant our job's great our family's doing well our friends were just flying and um, you just don't think anything can go wrong you think God's got my plan all sorted I've got this done I'm gonna fly I'm gonna soar off and all my dreams are gonna come true and we're gonna live happily ever after and then suddenly, boom, something hits us and something just gets us and something goes wrong and sometimes it can be a little thing and sometimes it can be huge. And then suddenly we find ourselves in the place where we've gone from praising God for all these great things to then going, hang on, what's going on? What is happening? And, um, and then suddenly our attention turns from praising God and being thankful to focusing on the negative things, on the bad things that happen. And it sounds uh, easy not to do that, but sometimes we just think, what is the point? And that all these things start hitting us. Um, and one thing I find remarkable is when bad things happen, and we all do it, I'm talking to myself here as well as everyone else, but then we start, we start questioning God. And I'll just let that sink in. We question God, this guy who's created everything and is amazing. And we are a tiny little speck compared to his wisdom and power. And yet we question him. And we go, what's going on, God? Why are you doing this? This isn't part of my plan. What's going on? What, what are you doing? And um, sometimes we just, we just think, God, why won't you help us? Why, why is this happening? Why is, why, we've just... We had a, a bit of a shock last night in our family. Uh, one of our fam family friends died. And uh, it was really sad, and he'd been ill for a long time. But um, they're a family of believers, but we can't help thinking for his, his wife and his daughter how they are thinking right now. And they must be sat there thinking, God, why is this happening now? What, what is going on? Um, and sometimes we just... We just focus on the little things that happen that go wrong, that we just forget all the good things that God is doing in our lives, all the good things that are alongside the bad thing. And don't get me wrong, sometimes when bad things happen to us, they can be huge and it can be such, it can cause us hurt, we can be sad, we can be angry, it can be really devastating when something out of the blue just hits us or the enemy has a good old try trying to get us down. And we know as believers that that happens to us so many times where the enemy's just like, right, let's knock them out. And he goes in with something and it's awful. So the, the question I'm focusing on today is how do we react in those times? What do we do when these bad things come and they just hit us and they attack us? What do we do? Now, the obvious answer, you might be sat there going, well, Nathan, we trust God, we love God, we, we pray and we think God will fix it. And you might be sat there thinking, come on, that's easy. But how many of us in these difficult times think that straight away? Let's be honest with ourselves. How many do think of that? I know I don't straight away. I think I focus on the bad things. I think, why is this happening? Sometimes you might get a bit angry. I've been angry at God before. Like, why are you doing this? What is the point? 
and then I just forget everything else that he's doing in our lives. And how many of us get up in the morning and praise God, first thing? Or do we get up and we look out the blinds and we go, oh, it's cloudy again. It's raining. It's January. Ugh. I hate it. And how many of us go to bed and go, Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for all of this. Thank you for all the things you've done. Or do we get into bed and think, today's been horrible. It's been dark for five hours. It's only nine o'clock. And I hate it. And we just, we just don't think that God can help us sometimes. I mean, it, it's, it's remarkable saying that, but we just don't think we can do it. We think, right, I've got a problem. This thing's happened. This, all this, this is happening. How can I solve it? And God's tugging away going, just let me in, let me in, let me sort it. Let me do it. And we say, no, it's all right. I've got it. It's fine. We'll catch you later. I've got it. And we just go on and we do it. And we just leave God out the equation. And uh, we've, often, we've all had difficult days, we've all had difficult trials and things, and we just get to the end of the day and think, you know, what is going on? I mean, like, as many of you know, I work on a, a railway every now and then, on a steam railway, and a lot of days, the trains just don't want to work. They just get halfway up the line and they just go, that's it, boom, I've had enough. And all of a sudden, the whole timetable gets shifted and we don't know what we're doing and everyone wants to get anywhere. And this happened back in, uh, when was it? July, I think it was. And it was a boiling hot day. I mean, it was scorching. And this train got stuck in the middle of nowhere. So you can imagine 300 people on a hot and sweaty train that can't get off. And then we're all stood on the platform and no one knows what's going on. And suddenly this train's cancelled, that train's cancelled. And everyone's panicking. And everyone's coming to us going, this is awful, blah, 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 blah. And I got home that night and I thought, you know what? That day was horrible. I was like, what was the point in that day? And you just think, what on earth am I doing? But one thing I'd forgotten about that day was the fact that I got to talk to quite a few people, like just about life, and I also got to talk about God to some people. But I'd just skipped that bit and I'd gone to the hall, I am exhausted, this day has been horrible. I'm never going to do that again. And sometimes we, sometimes, I mean, bad things do happen, but sometimes we do go into self-pity mode sometimes. I mean, sometimes, you know, the things are terrible that happen to us, but sometimes we just feel sorry for ourselves. And we've all been, I've been there. My, I, my car broke down back in July last year, and I felt really sorry for myself because I couldn't go anywhere without my mum taking me. And I just felt really sorry for myself. It was, yeah. And we've all felt really bad for ourselves and sorry for, and thinking, oh, my life's terrible, my life's awful. What am I going to do? How am I going to do this? Yeah. And... Um, it's funny because when we look at Psalm 139, if anyone's got a Bible, we can turn to it. Um, in verse 14, it says, and we need a bigger table. I can't see down here. And it says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. How many of us remind that? remind ourselves of that first when we go through the hard times how many of us think oh God's God's done this he's got a plan I just need to trust in him I just need to lean on him a bit but we don't we forget and um, one example I really love this American TV show called The West Wing I don't know if anyone's heard of it came out quite a few years ago it's brilliant if you want a box set go buy it it's brilliant and there's this scene in it where the president um, is going through a really tough time and he's trying to run for re-election and everything's just going awful and his approval ratings are like 
20%. Awful. And in the midst of all that, uh, his secretary, who is known since he was a boy, is killed in a car crash. And he's sat in the Oval Office and he's really mad at God. He's saying to God, why are you doing this? I am trying to do this. I'm trying to do that. And you're just not helping me. And in his mind, obviously she's dead, but the, she, she walks into the room. It's obviously all just in his mind. And, she, and she, she says to him, she says, God doesn't crash cars and you know it. Stop using me as an excuse. And that pulls him back out of this whole angry at God to realizing that God's trying to help him in this situation. And I think that's what we all need to remember is, and sometimes God says that to us. God comes and he says to us, you know I don't cause these bad things. You know I'm going to help you. Just trust and lean on me. And, oh, I've just done all oh, Never mind. And so my final point is, and then I'll hand over to Carson, is how can we praise and be thankful in the most difficult times? And I was just thinking of some practical ways in which we can do that, because it's all very well saying that. It's all very well me saying, we need to do this, but you might be sat there going, Nathan, how, I don't know how to do that. How do you do it? And I'm like, I don't know. I'll just do it how I do it. So I'm going to share a few things with you. And I think when we go through these really difficult times, I think we just need to praise God for all the things he has done in our lives, all the things. In every day, even in the worst days, there's always something good, I always think. I always think God's, there's something good in every day, and God's done something in our day. And um, a while ago, I got, I got some prayer, and I was praying with this guy, and I was saying, do you know, sometimes I'm just in a really bad mood. And do you know when you just wake up and you just think, today's not my day? And you just think, I hate everybody. And I hate everything. And you're just like, <clears throat> yeah, I've, I've had those mornings. And I was saying, how do, I, how do I like praise God when I just feel like rubbish? And he said to me, one thing I do is I write down all the things that God has done in that day or in the past how many years or whatever. Write all the good things God does to me. Look at it and then remember the good things that God is doing. I think we also, we need to talk to each other in the church about when we go through difficult times, it's not healthy to keep it to ourselves and try and battle it ourselves. And I think talking to each other and then praying about it is the most important thing. I think we have to pray with each other about our circumstances. And in Psalm 23 verse 4, it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We all know, the, we all know the, uh, the verse. We've all heard it before. And God is saying to us, I have told you in the Bible, I have told you how I resolve your problems. You just need to trust in me. Praise me. I'll be with you. I'll be there the whole step. And he's told us all this in the Bible. And he's telling it now as well. So he's already told us how he's going to do it, and he's telling us now. It's whether we let him in and let him do it for us. And I think the final thing is, I think we just need to all pray together. And we need to really, I think prayer is so powerful. We all know it is. And, you know, you, you might have come here today, and I don't know what you've got going on. There might be something really bad. You might be, like I said earlier, you might be flying, or something might be really your world might just be turned upside down and you come to church this morning and we're praising God and you might be stood there thinking, but God, you might be thinking, God, where are you? Where are you in this situation? What are you doing to help me in this? Because I can't find a way out of this situation I'm in. And I just encourage you at the end to just talk to one of the ministry teams and just talk with somebody and get some prayer. Because I think once we let our 
problems out and we pray about them and we ask God to help us, then he will, he will help us. And, and uh, he's with us. He's always with us. And we've just got to let him in. So I'll hand over to Carson now, who's going to do the second bit. Yeah. Thank you, Nathan. Really appreciate that. Um, yeah, you're right. This is a small table. Um, Got to flip over real quick. Um, so Nathan kind of went through the how can we praise? Um, how can we praise in these hard times? And I'm going to be kind of looking at why we praise in the hard times. Uh, and I'm not going to lie. It's going to be a it's going to be a hard journey. Um, this this message was really hard for me to write, um, but I think that God has a lot of stuff that He really wants to say this morning. So I'm very excited. Um, just give you guys a little bit of a roadmap. We're going to be reading Psalm 130, so if you are reading, um, you can go ahead and start flipping over there. Uh, I have a few personal stories to tell. I'm going to break down a few of the verses that we read, um, and then along the way I've got three points that I'm going to make. So if you're taking notes, I'd love for you to write something down on your phone, do something, because it's per- sci- scientific fact. It's, you remember things better when you write stuff down. So uh, I'm going to go ahead um, and read out of Psalm 130 really quick. So it says, Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than the watchman for the morning, more than the watchman for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption. And he will redeem Israel for all his iniquity, iniquities. Um, so that first point is, comes straight out of this first verse. It says, uh, out of the depths I cry to you. And my first point is, we often find ourselves in the depths. So the depths can look different for everybody. Um, it could be a financial struggle. It could be an addiction, either to a person or a substance. It can be depression. It could be relational issues. I don't want you to think that what I'm going to be talking about for me personally is the only thing that this applies to. Um, but I know for me, I often find myself in the depths of loneliness or aimlessness. Those are the depths that I find myself in a lot of the time. Um, two years ago, whenever I was looking to where I was supposed to go for university, um, I really found myself in that place of feeling like I had no purpose. Um, I started to really isolate myself. My relationships broke down with my family, my friends. Um, and I just basically was getting up to go back to bed. Um, I was living the day just to get back to bed, which was really hard. Um, and nothing would really satisfy me. And then fast forward just a few months ago, especially in December, like Nathan was saying with the dark, it was so hard for me to want to get up and do something. I felt aimless. I felt like I'd come over here and that I had no purpose anymore. Um, I felt like I was just going through the motions. Um, and every time I would try to get out of this hole, out of this loneliness, out of this struggle that I was having, it felt like I just kept sinking further from further down. Um, and it's interesting because this, uh, this first verse, this word depth that is used, in the original Hebrew, it comes and it has the connotation of drowning. Uh, it literally means, man, I... I keep gumming up and gasping for air and I can't get out. It's just over and over the waves keep coming and there's no way to get out. Um, and so the word, um, so it's basically just running in circles. And it, again, it can look like a lot of different things. It's not just this purposeless or aimlessness. It can be depression. It can be relational issues. It can be any of those things. 
Um, and so I hope that in some way, either in past things that you struggled with or if there's some people that are struggling with certain things right now, you can relate with this passage a little bit. And that takes me into the second point, um, and it's our sin leads us into the depths, which is really hard to hear. And trust me, it was really hard for me to write this message um, because that's exactly what got me into the depths that I was in. There was a lot of pride, a lot of selfishness, and that's what really tore down those relationships around me. Um, it wasn't that I just wound up in this place. It's not that I just found myself aimless one day. It was a slow thing. If we look into verse 3 of Psalm 130, it says, If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? And iniquities is basically just a fancy word for sin. Um, sin is what brought the author into his depths, and it's what brings us into the depths. Um, when, I was, um, when I was with my family, I was seven or eight, and this is a story to kind of illustrate what this looks like. Um, my family went on an amazing beach trip with a, some family friends. Um, had a great time, me and my sister, straight for the water. Um, I, me and her swam, played, splashed each other. And then after about 30 minutes, I came back on shore, was talking with my family and the people that we came with. Probably about 30, 45 minutes later, my mom looked out, looking into the water. She was like, Where, where's Natalie? Where's your sister? And obviously, after doing a second pass and realizing she was not in the water, my mom goes into an out panic, has no idea what's going on, and is screaming my sister's name across the beach. Well, what had happened is slowly, there was a small current in the water that day, and slowly my sister had drifted about a half a mile down the shore. Um, and so whenever she came out of the water, all of a sudden she was looking for everybody and there was nobody there, so she started walking in the other direction. So after about an hour and a half of searching and searching and searching, we finally found my sister. But I use that story to illustrate that a lot of times the sin that we find ourselves in is not something that we see happening. My sister wasn't doing laps across the ocean and all of a sudden swam half a mile down. The current slowly pulled her. And it's not, uh, it's not an all of a sudden thing. The sin that gets us into these depths is a very small, very, a lot of times things that we don't realize in the moment. Um, but that's what brings us into these depths. And it's what makes, it, eventually it brings us into that drowning state that we feel. Um, and so if you feel like you're in the depths right now, maybe take a little bit of time right now to analyze and think about, man, how did I get here? What happened? How can I, how can I, how could I have ever gotten to this point? Um, and I'm sure some of you guys are thinking, man, for a um, message on praise, this seems a little depressing. Um, I'm getting there. Thankfully, thankfully, after this verse, after verse 3, we can look, and it's all about praise. Um, so if we look at verse 4, it says, But with you there is forgiveness, that you may be feared. Mm. And my third point is, because of God's forgiveness, he will lead us to the shore if we ask. So, again, if you're taking notes, I'd love for you to just underline or highlight that forgiveness, because that is the reason why we praise. We can't get out of the depths on our own. There's nothing that we can do to get out of that. You know, and I realized that as I was writing this message, that there was nothing that I could do to actually get out of where I was. I was too far gone. It was too late. I was drowning. But because of forgiveness, he was able to pull me out. See, if God were anything else besides forgiving, there is no hope. There is no hope. If we have this omniscient God who knows everything, then he knows our every fault. If we have this all-powerful God, why would he save somebody who he could just make somebody better? If we had this perfectly just God, how could he save us if we deserve death? 
Because, see, in Romans 6.23, it says, For the wages of sin is death. We deserve it. But a forgiving God, the God that we serve, is the reason why we can worship in the, death, in the depths. That's the only reason. It's because he's forgiving. See, whether it's an addiction or whether it's in the inability to say no, or whether it's like me and you find yourself purposeless and lonely, forgiveness is the only reason to praise during those times. Because see, Romans 6.23 doesn't end right there. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, that's the only reason why we praise, is because of the forgiveness that he has. And if I can turn the page, there we go. It's just great news. Um, and maybe you're thinking, okay, that's great, forgiveness. I've heard, I've heard this message before. It's, that's awesome. I, I still don't feel like God's ever going to come. That forgiveness isn't for me. You know, he's not there. Um, maybe you think that the waves are just a little too high or you're just a little too far gone. Maybe, maybe if I just get myself out a little bit, then he'll be able to see me. Maybe he'll be able to reach out. Um, and to that, if, if you're taking notes, underline that word will. God will save us. Because if we look at verse 6, it says, My soul waits for the Lord more than the watchman for the morning. More than the watchman for the morning. See, a watchman, I, we don't really have them in modern day, but back whenever this would be written, um, they would have watchmen that would stand out all night guarding whether it was the town or the city or a temple, whatever it would be. They would sit out and they would have to stare out into the darkness and stay awake the entire night. And night after night, they would be there tired, just ready to be home. But see, the encouragement of being a watchman is there has never been a day where the morning hasn't come. There is always a light at the end of the tunnel. You see, and I love this verse because it says, more than the watchman for the morning, more than a certainty, more certain than the sun is going to rise next morning, he will come and save us. He will be there. And I, I don't know, that just, that just gets me fired up. I love that because knowing that he is there, there is not a if about it. He will be there. Um, and as I wrap up, I just want to highlight uh, this last word um, in that third point, which is ask. So we have this amazing, forgiving God who is there for us, and he will come. But we need to come and ask for that. We need to come and ask for that forgiveness. See, in the first verse, it says, Out of the depths, I cry to you, O Lord. See, it's not about being stagnant. We can't just lay there and hope, Okay, I'm, I'm drowning. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm just going to lay here and give in. See, we've got to cry out to him. See, there's several verses in the Bible that talk about asking for God. Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and it will be given to you. John 16, 24 says, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. 1 John 5, 15 says, and if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that he has, uh, he ha the request that we have asked will be given. See, the hope is that we ask and he will give it to us. It's not that, oh, I'm just going to lay here. I'm just going to be... Poor me, poor me, I'm just going to whine over my situation. It's asking this God who has his forgiveness for us. That's where it comes from. You see, my hope is that whatever depth you find yourself in, whether it's a big depth or even just something small, whether it's right now or whether it's something that's going to happen in the future, because just like Nathan was saying, we know that storms will come. We will walk through that valley eventually. Um, I want to encourage you guys. That's why I'm here this morning, not to condemn you because of the sin that we have, because we all have it. It's, it's in all of us. There's no way to change that. But we have a forgiving God who has sent his son down 
to change that. And because of that forgiveness, we can praise. We serve a forgiving God, and whatever sin took us into the depths, he is loving enough and forgiving enough to take us out. But we need to ask for that forgiveness. We need to take the step and cry out to him. So as the band comes back up, um, I just want to just let us cry out for God. You know, in this last song that we're going to be singing, just let's praise because of his for- incredible forgiveness. And, you know, if, we, if there are some of you guys that find yourselves in those depths, feel like you've been struggling and you feel like you can't get out, kind of like I was this past week, um, let's just cry out to him together right now as we sing. You know, let's, let's ask for that forgiveness. Let's ask for that right now. Because just like the morning, we know that he will always come. You guys would just bow your heads and love to pray. God, I'm uh, so thankful for who you are. I'm so thankful for the power that you have. God, I'm so thankful that um, you had me completely change my message this week um, into something that I felt like you really wanted to say. And God, I just pray that during this time of worship, if there's, if there's people out, in the, out here, God, in this church that feel like they, they've been struggling and they just can't get out of whatever it is, God, I pray that during this last time of worship that we just cry out to you, God. And cry out not because you're this all-powerful God, this omniscient God, this amazing God, but God, because you are a God of forgiveness. Because you sent your son Jesus down, that's why we can praise in the hard times. So, God, I'm so thankful for all that you've done. I'm so thankful for all that you're going to do and the fact that you will come and will be there for us. And just pray all this in your son's name. Amen.